Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solace, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend who is a true Renaissance woman, the mixtress DC Gina. Ha! <laughs> you know I love the Ren Fair. Come on. It's like, it's like it's a true form. It's like, oh, what am I Running around in your corset and... Leather. And, leather corset. Get oh, it right if you're going to say in it. In the middle of July in, in Maryland? Yes. Ooh, I bet you that's... September. September, Hot. yeah. Yeah. I bet you it smells great it when smells you take it off. It smells awesome. <laughs> Like, trust me, I fight and like and and a pewter mug. There so, you go. <laughs> so if there's something nobody knew about me. I like Renfair. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. Now that I have the image in my head, let's let's try to get the show back on 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 the rails, shall we? I don't know how to gently do this, and I'm just going to jump right in and do a and change directions. <laughs> so Gina, uh, do you know who uh, S- um, Simone Seguin is? I hope I'm saying her last name right. She's actually, it's a French name, so please forgive me. So let me tell you who she was. She was one badass chick, that's who she was. Um, During World War II, when she was a mere 18 years old, Simone, also known as, this is strange, this was so they could hide her identity and of her family, actually. Her name was uh, Nicole Minet, and she joined the French Resistance in order to battle the invading Nazi troops, sabotage German plans, and, of course, fight against fascism. Um, according to history, she definitely is badass. She took on incredibly risky missions, including blowing up bridges, which kind of sounds like fun, and derailing trains. Um, and she taught herself how to operate a German uh, submachine gun to the point that she captured 25 Nazis in her small village just south of Paris. And again, she did all this at the ripe old age of 18. I mean, I like it. I know. So, um, Deservingly so, Simone's later years were a little less dangerous. Um, but the crazy thing is she just never gave up that need to, to service. Um, she became a pediatric nurse in her hometown. She got married and had six children. Um, and, to the, and she's alive to this day. She's 95 years old, and I have no doubt she truly still is a badass. Let's have her on the show. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Is that who our, is that, is that who our person is tonight? <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty amazing. Though. This is how I would like to see how you're going to tie this together. Please give me the bow. Okay, here we go. So um, she's pretty amazing, huh? Like I'm going right amazing. back to script. Yeah. Um, so when I was 18, I was just hanging out with my new boyfriend, now husband, and drinking too many Zimas. What were you doing? When I was 18, I was understanding that college is a great place to hide from your parents and that <laughs> you don't have to go to class because no one's going to yell at you. <laughs> So, this is how I'm tying it all in. Speaking of badass chicks, it brings me to today's designated drinker. Please welcome a badass chick who knows so much more about other badass chicks, the author of A Pirate's Life for She, Swashbuckling Through the Ages, and Pirate Women, the Princesses, Prostitutes, and Privateers Who Ruled the Seven Seas. She is Laura Sook Duncombe. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And I deeply apologize that I am not Simone Seguin. Like, I mean, she would be much cooler to have on the show than me, but (laughs) I'll do my best. I mean, of course you're going to be amazing. Look at this book that you wrote. Are you you kidding me or what? (laughs) I'm super psyched. Yeah, I figured uh, with having two pirate chicks on the show today, I'm just going to shut up and just go along for this ride. (laughs) 
So, Lauren, tell us, how did you become a pirate? <laughs> Wait, well, do you consider yourself a pirate? I consider any woman who occupies a space that she has been told does not uh, belong to her or her gender to be a pirate. So I think, I mean, it's like feminist, right? Like if you want to be one, you are one. So I I would love to identify (laughs) myself as a pirate. (laughs) I'm in. Gina has many times on the show, many, many, many times considered yourself or at least wanted aspiring to be a pirate. Yeah, so just really quickly, and then I want to hear your whole life story. My retirement plan was to turn 50, and then I will buy a boat, whatever boat I can afford. Doesn't that's It's unnecessarily <laughs> defined. Ten cases of Jameson, all of the paint and canvas I can hold on my vessel, and paintbrushes, and leave. I now have two children, so that is not an option to just leave. So I have decided that I have to push that back to when they go to college, and then I will, again... Reboard my ship, 10 cases of Jameson, <laughs> canvas, paint, brushes, maybe Neil, if he decides this is the life he wants. And now the dog. And the dog will still, and I have a seaworthy dog. There you go. I'm Excellent. holding a sheep dog. So, all right. I want to hear about you, though. Everyone knows that I'm a maniac. Tell us about you. Um, I mean, pirates have been a lifelong love for me. I grew up watching the Mary Martin Peter Pan, um, you know, when it was on TV on around Thanksgiving. And Cyril Richard was such an absolutely fabulous Captain Hook in, you know, Technicolor hose and singing and dancing. And I just thought, you know, that seems like the best thing to be even in Neverland where nobody grows up. They were unquestionably having the best time. And... I never really let go of that. I started reading about pirates and, you know, getting my hands on everything I could about real pirates. And when I was uh, when I was 18, when I was, uh, you know, just about to go off to college, I thought, you know, in that boundless optimism of of, um, you know, the 18 year olds, I was like, well, if there's, you know, man doctors and women doctors, uh, there's got to be man pirates and women pirates. Right. So I'm going to find out more about women pirates because clearly tons have been written about them, because how cool is that? And it turns out tons had not been written about them. Uh, <laughs> uh, women <laughs> pirates had been tucked into other stories. So it's, uh, you know, scary male pirate and his wife. Or, you know, this woman was a criminal. You know, they're, they're, they, are, they are there. They're everywhere. But they are not um, in the spotlight, you know, as so, as so often happens with women in history. They're just kind of off in the shadows. And so... When I learned about Chengyi Sao, who is a Chinese pirate, who I hope we'll get to talk about a lot later, um, I was so full of incandescent rage that uh, no one knew about her that I decided to write a book about her. And then I wrote two books about <laughs> women pirates. And it's kind of <laughs> become a lifestyle. And uh, I, I couldn't be happier to uh, transition from a uh, from a practicing lawyer to a full-time pirate. Sure. Yes. <laughs> Everything you just said is yes. I don't even know what else to say. I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a growl in my in my soul. I mean, that's a good thing, right? So yes. why don't you just jump right in? Tell us all about Chinging. So Chengi Sao is, by any conceivable metric that you can think of to measure success of a pirate, you know, how long they had been practicing, how many ships they had, how many people were under their command, how much money they made, um, 
uh, I mean, really anything you can think of to define success. She is the best pirate who ever lived. Um, like bar none. She's better than Blackbeard. She's better than, you know, Jack Rackham. She's better than, you know, any pirate that you can think of. They look like little kids playing with bathtubs in, or playing with uh, toy boats in bathtubs, like compared to Cheney <laughs> So she um, started out her life as a prostitute and she uh, married a, um, a small time pirate, Cheng Yi. So here, here's one of the rage inducing facts is we don't even know what her name really was. Um, Cheng Yi Sao is, um, this means wife of Cheng Yi. Her, her real name has been lost to oh. history. Um, so she married Cheng Yi and they became pirates and they kind of spent their honeymoon fighting uh in the Taesan rebellion in what's now vietnam uh as mercenaries and although the side they were fighting for um eventually lost what they learned is that one ship is great but two ships are twice as good and if you've got you know five ships working together well hey you've got a, a confederacy so um they took that home uh to china with the idea of sort of building a pirate empire and they were working on just that when Cheng Yi died uh, in 1807. And I mean, you can imagine this, you know, this startup company and the founder uh, dies unexpectedly. The whole thing could have just fallen apart. But instead, Cheng Yi Sao steps up to take the reins and she decides she's going to take over and become, you know, the mistress of this whole pirate empire. And she did it in a very smart way, which is she did two things right off the bat. The first is, is she put her adopted son in the position of commander of the red flag fleet. So all of their fleets were divided up by colors. It's red flag, green flag, black flag. The red flag fleet is her like largest and most successful fleet. So she put someone who is unquestionably obedient to her in command of the red flag <laughs> fleet. And then she publishes this pirate code. And this pirate code is um, not really noteworthy in of itself because lots of pirate ships had codes of conduct that you had to follow. I mean, Bartholomew Roberts had one that was pretty strict, but hers is just so aggressive. It's just pretty much any any offense is at least one or two turns publishable away from death. So it's like, you know, first time they cut off your ear, second time they kill you. So there's just Don't lots and lots of death in this code. Um, and it is meant to inspire complete and total fervent obedience to her. Um, and it does. It works. <laughs> Uh, you're scary. So, Gina's scaring me. I think she's taking notes. Oh my god, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> that's how you it's keep just your warning. One two warning. Yeah, that's it. Two strikes, you're dead. Um, that's just that's yep. just how she rolled. Um, <laughs> so her fleet is just absolutely incredible. They are able to cheat death so many times. People start to spread the rumor that like she's supernatural. That she's she's got an in with the gods because she's just so successful. Um, the Chinese government at this point is extremely isolationist. The thing they want to do least in the whole entire world is ask for help from foreign powers. But they do it twice in an, in an attempt to take Cheng Yi Sao down, once from the Portuguese and again from the English. And even with the, the help of foreign powers, nobody can stop her. Uh, she's got, uh, the, there's my favorite story about Cheng Yi Sao is this blockade of the fire ship. So um, they, uh, the Chinese military um, ends up trapping the red flag fleet in a little bay. So it's um, it looks very good for China that they've got the red flag fleet. They've got Ching Yi Sao. And um, 
you know, they don't want to get too close because if they can fire on them, uh, if they can fire on Chingy Sao's fleet, Chingy Sao can fire back. So they've just blockaded them there and they're going to starve them out. So this goes on for a week and these poor, you know, uh, pirates are just on their on their ships and people are coming from all over China to watch this battle take place in real time. I mean, this is like a bring your lawn chair out, you know, um, That's crazy. and and watch the the demise of Cheng Yi Sao. And they haven't surrendered after a week. So China decides to do the um, the piece de resistance, which is the fire ship. Uh, and if you are not familiar with a fire ship, it is exactly what it sounds like. You take a wooden ship, you set it on fire, and you sail it directly into your enemy. And because, you know, all these ships are packed so tightly, it just causes chaos. People scramble. Lots of other ships catch on fire. And it's a total and complete ruin for your fleet. And it, it's, I mean, it's so effective. So it's worth sacrificing one of your own ships. Because obviously, once you have set it on fire, you're not getting that back. So everyone is just, you know, rubbing their hands and cackling with glee that they're finally going to take Chang'e Sao down with this fire ship. It starts sailing. They've got two of them and they're sailing towards the red flag fleet. Suddenly, out of nowhere, the wind changes. One of them goes totally off course and the other one turns around and blows directly back into the Chinese Navy. Uh, and in the ensuing confusion, Chang'e Sao and the red flag fleet slip out of the bay completely unscathed. So... It becomes clear that no, <laughs> no force on heaven. Witch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that she controls no, the wind because she's yes. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's no no force of nature and no no force of man who can take this woman down. She's absolutely uh, at the top of her game and completely untouchable. You know, it's crazy. If that were in a movie, you'd be like, that could That's never the happen. Greatest movie ever. Why are they not awesome. making this movie? You know, this is a question that keeps me up at night, you know, <laughs> staring at the ceiling. Why is there no Chingy Sao movie? Why don't little girls dress up like pirates and then grudgingly allow their brothers to play pirates too? And I was like, okay, fine. Yeah, you can be a pirate, but I'm going to be Chingy Sao. And uh, yeah. it just, it just makes me so angry. I feel like I have to give Francesca, my, uh, my six-year-old, this, this story. But I'm also terrified that she will run with it. <laughs> she, she might put she's, some shit on fire. Yeah, she's already she's already you know halfway there with like the like how she's going to like run her life. And now I'm like, Ooh, this could be good or the catalyst that makes it really bad. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. She give her the opportunity. Have you right? met her mother? I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so pirates are tricky, right? I mean, pirates are really tricky because particularly. Um, you know, I, I, I do um, public speaking in schools sometimes, and you don't want to emphasize the you know, raping and pillaging and stealing. I mean, pirates are absolutely, at the end of the day, um, you know, bad guys. They're, they're criminals. They're crooks. They steal things. But there are things about pirates that are really, um, I would say, admirable. They're, you know, and particularly pirate women. These are women who saw what was expected of them and saw what life could be like for a woman of their station and were told, you know, this is what you are allowed to be. And they just said, um, no, thank you. And they completely took control of their destiny, you know, changed the narrative and, and went to sea and made a life for themselves. And, you know, piracy was not glamorous. It was not really... Um, you know, floating around drinking daiquiris, listening to Jimmy Buffett. It's hard work. You know, sailing a ship is really hard work. And it's not the kind of thing that you do really if you could do something else. But these women just saw this as a way to provide for themselves, provide for their families and just become the person that they 
felt like they they were meant to be. And I think everyone uh, can identify with that. Just a feeling of like, this is not what I was supposed to do. This is not the way I thought my life was going to go. And, you know, I wanted something more. I wanted something better. And so I think... I think we should teach our daughters and sons uh, about <laughs> about pirates because I think it's an important lesson sort of about about freedom that you you're not tied in to any narrative. So says the woman who started off as a lawyer and now as an author on all things pirates. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, you can be a pirate lawyer. So all the girls that become pirates after reading your books, then you can represent them in court. Like, whoa! Oh yeah, they were just experimenting <laughs> with their empowerment as a woman. And that's why they castrated that guy. That's bizarre. I don't know. So, so don't it's know. really a long uh, entrepreneurial play is, is what you're saying Laura has here. Yes, yes. I'm the first pirate lawyer. I'm sure there's pirate lawyers. People go to jail all the time for stealing on the seas. Oh, right? yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. We're just piracy. Yeah. Period. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to say, I just want to say, I love this cover, by the way. You did a great job with all of this. Oh, thank you so much. I, you know, that was my publishing house, but we went many, many rounds on that. Um, there was it's a the mermaid tale. Somebody wanted yeah. to put lipstick on the pirate. And I was so aggressively against that because while I am not against oh. lipstick or anything traditionally feminine, I feel like pirates get lumped into the saucy wench category so often. And while there yes. is nothing wrong with saucy wenches, there are so much, there's so much more to pirates and there's so much more in the spectrum of like what pirates looked like and what sp- pirates were like that I really wanted something that did not uh, c- like read as traditionally stereotypically feminine. And so my mom thinks the gold teeth are scary, uh, but I, I, <laughs> I, I fought for them, and I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. Well, obviously, she's out. never been to Brooklyn because that's what everyone's teeth look like in Brooklyn. They're all gold. <laughs> <laughs> so bring her to Brooklyn and be like, "Mom, you still think it's scary when like the nice lady at the store is like, oh, can I get you something?'" And you're like, yeah, "There you go." Um, let's make a let's make a drink. Let's make a drink. Let's do um, it. All right. So this is like a, this is a long drink, right? So you can do this in a tall glass, or you could do this in a um, rocks glass. You know, kind of whatever you want. As long as it is a glass, you can put it in a vase. It doesn't matter as long as the bottom doesn't fall out, right? <laughs> put it in so, a bucket if you wanted to. I know. Probably. And I, I almost <laughs> wanted to put it in a copper mug, but it's just not proper. But although it's almost like a um, ode to the yeah, yeah, piracy. Pi- yeah, but I just, you know, it's one of those things. Okay. So this cocktail we're going to do today is, I call it um, Run, Run, Run Away, but it's from the Psycho Killer song, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Psycho Killer. It's Italian, so it makes an Italian pirate. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so it's we're going to use one ounce of dark rum, one ounce of coconut rum, one ounce of lemon heart. If you don't have lemon heart, lemon heart is just an overproved rum. Two ounces of pineapple juice, one ounce of lime juice, one ounce of mint syrup. Mint syrup, super easy. If you didn't make it, not a problem. You can just take a sprig of mint, put it inside of your container, shake it, and use regular simple syrup. If you, in fact, want to make mint simple syrup, also very easy. It's one cup of water, one cup of sugar. Put it on your stove to melt the sugar um, into your syrup. And then take a couple, about uh, five or six plushes of mint, put it into that pot, and let it steep until it's chilled. And then strain it all out, and there you go. In fact, you have mint syrup. So if you have any questions about that or any um, need to, that explanation again, you can go to designateddrinker.show and I am happy to share that recipe for the syrup as well as for this drink. But we're going to get started. This is a longer drink than we normally do <laughs> because it's a pirate's life for me. So not done. All right. 
So we're going to start off with um, the, the coconut rum, and I'm going to add one ounce of making two drinks. So we're using the Thrasher's Coconut Rum, which is actually local. It's from um, TC. And if you and, know Todd, he's kind of a pirate. And if you if you know Todd, <laughs> he thinks he's a pirate, but he's really a girl. So he's a, a non he's a non pirating um, girl. All right, then we're gonna do two ounces of white rum, and that's only because I'm making two drinks. So it's one ounce, one ounce for each drink. Sorry, I am just you know going through the motions here. And then we are going to do. It smells so good. Two ounces. It smells it like, does, it? like sunscreen and pirates, and I'm just, I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. <laughs> and then, so here's the beautiful thing about rum. When you mix all the rums together, you almost don't need anything else because it does all the work for you. You have different sugar canes, textures, grasses, different notes that are hitting, and it's kind of amazing. And the coconut rum is just your way of giving it a little, uh, a little love, right? So now we're going to add to that our juices. And um, we're going to start off with the pineapple juice because it's the most. Four ounce, we're going to do four ounces because it's two ounces in each drink. I'm making two drinks for Louise and myself. I'm I apologize, you know. Louise doesn't have to make it. And then we're going to do um, our lime juice. This is also a really great drink to do in a pitcher if you have friends coming over and you don't really want to have to make drinks nonstop. It's a great um, drink to sit in a pitcher and add a little bit of ice. The dilution to this would um, only turn it more into a punch-like, um, a rum punch, than more of a, a straight cocktail. So we're gonna add our mint syrup. Okay, now, here we go. So we're gonna put all the ingredients together. We're gonna put it into, um, add some ice. Add some ice to our glass now. And it says on here, double strain. You don't have to double strain this if you don't want to, if, as long as you strain your juices. If you have not strained your juices, then I would double strain this drink. I'm going to put the top on. And we're going to give it a shake. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, yeah. Two drinks. All right. When your shaker tin is nice and cold, your drink is done. You have, should have a nice froth on this because you have pineapple juice in there. And pineapple juice has a lot of um, sugar. So it makes it creamy. Is that what does that? I always wondered. Yeah, I mean, it's more complicated than that. It's like a whole breakdown. There's a structural thing. <laughs> I mean, it's just fun to like say that. So we're going to add to this um, a nice sprig of mint. And um, I just popped out to the garden this morning and picked that. Ooh, a lot. Very fancy. Yeah, it's very fancy. I mean, it's in front of the restaurant, so it's not that hard, right? <laughs> and I don't have to water it. So, I mean, I mean, that's the reason why it stays so nice. Nice. It's win-win. And then, you know, just because we have these beautiful marigolds, say we're going to do a little garnish on there. Now, you don't, marigolds do not make this drink. It is just a pretty little touch. <laughs> eye candy. To make it a little uh, tropical. Mm. I now have pineapple juice all over my desk, and I'm very excited about that because I feel like I'm going to be remembering this experience uh, for, for a long time. To for come. days, getting all that sugar off. Yes. I was very grateful you made a rum drink because that is definitely my favorite. Um, I, I chose rum as a 21-year-old. So despite being a pirate, I was very aggressively law-abiding, and I did not have any alcohol until I was 21 years old. And I was like, okay, what do I want to try? What do I want to start? And I tried, you know, a bunch of different alcohols and wines. I actually don't like wine or beer, but I was like, you know what? Pirates like rum. If I try this enough, I will develop a taste for it and I will be able to do it. And so that is 
I mean, I literally decided to drink rum because I wanted to be a pirate. And now all these, all these years later, that's still my favorite drink. So I am delighted by this, this cocktail. I love that. Are you <laughs> kidding me? You identified your inner pirate before you even knew you were to be a pirate. It sounds um, like. That's amazing. Because and then she was a lawyer, so she's like, "I'm not going to drink till I'm 21," which I did not do this. But you know, (laughs) I mean, I want to say that I was a law-abiding kid. I was not, but if my children are listening to this episode, I know exactly what you're doing because I already did it. (laughs) So this might be archived by the time you're allowed to listen to it, and 100% I already know. (laughs) So this drink is so good, wonderful. This drink is so good. It's not too sweet. It's nice and refreshing. I love the mouthfeel. This is so good. It's the pineapple that makes the mouthfeel on on the rum drinks. I don't care what anybody says. It's just like a win-win. You put pineapple, you add rum, you're good. This drink is dangerous. It's very dangerous because it doesn't taste as strong as I know that it is. (laughs) because i poured all that rum into the glass that's that's why you make heated decisions to take over you know a fleet and you're like i'm just gonna throw a wooden ship into somebody else because you're hammered from rum you're like all right take the rum throw it on the ship blow them up let's see what happens so there there it is it almost sounds like a game of thrones like meets pirates game of thrones wishes i mean game of thrones wishes (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm just bitter because there was a TV show on the same time of Game of Thrones on stars called Black Sails. Yes. Yeah, which is yep. a pirate show, which is actually in many ways pretty historically accurate. Um, they had a pirate historian, uh, Benerson Little, like on staff to make the piratey stuff as accurate as possible. Um, and I happen to think it is a much better show uh than Game of Thrones and certainly a much better representation of, of women and um, you know, the LGBT uh, spectrum. Um, And it did not get the accolade that Game of Thrones got. um, And it just makes me very salty. Yeah, it did not. All the women pirates were very sexy though. Well, all the pirates are pretty sexy. I mean, they were, yeah, Um, they were all very beautiful. They were in real life. I feel like pirates would not be sexy. They're going to be more like a little bit dirty. Maybe your teeth aren't real. (laughs) Uh, you have coconuts for some sort of limb. I don't, I'm not sure. Coconuts for a limb. Well, something. <laughs> you got in some sort of fight. Maybe you have a coconut. Actually, I would love to have a coconut hand because I can just drink whatever I want. It, just, it would be your cup. I would choose a cup hand yeah, so, instead of a hook. There you go. Fuck yeah, what, what do you need a hook for? I mean, other than like a can opener. I mean, if you had a cup hand, well, I mean, you it's like someone's go. throat. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. seems a little dangerous if you forget, like, you know, you're wiping things. You're like, oh, I use the hook oh, again. No. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. yeah, that seems like it's just a little dangerous. Like, I think to Gina's point, I think the coconut, because then you could use it as a kind of a club yeah. or a cup. Yeah, it's or, a weapon and a drinking implement all in one. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Multitasking. This, co- this conversation's gone somewhere else. All right, so where <laughs> are we going to, so we're going to go to designateddrinker.show to find out the tips how to make this drink, how to get the book. Where to books. get the book? Books, plural. And we're working on a new book, I think. Is yeah, then you I have a too? third book in the make, right? Yeah. So by in the make, I mean, like, there are index cards scattered around my desk and a lot of crinkled paper in my wastebasket. So this is not like, you know, look to your shelves. Like, I mean, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this book is not coming soon. <laughs> I have two kids. Um, I am a full-time mom as well as a full-time pirate. So, but which is not in, in antithetical because there were many working mom pirates like Grace O'Malley, who is my, like, hashtag mom goals because she was a working mom pirate who had her boys on her ship with her um 
who you can read about in my books. Uh, but yeah, I am working on a, uh, a, a grown-up uh, pirate romance novel, um, except the pirate is the lady and the captive is the man. So it's sort of the traditional, you know, pirates kidnapping damsels in distress narrative um, gender flipped. And uh, it is giving me great joy. I bet. Uh, as I work. That's awesome. It. That's awesome. And this one's going to be fictional, but based on a lot yes, of, this is a lot of yes. back knowledge of, the history of pirates. Yes. There will be no saucy wenches. There will be no, you know, buxom uh, bosoms, uh, anything, <laughs> anything of that nature. The pirates will be very athletic and dirty and all the other things that uh, pirates will <laughs> She'll be a badass, I'm sure. Or they will be. Um, absolutely. One more time. Where are they going to go get this recipe? Uh, designated your good show. And then what you can also do is you can even just check our um, episode notes. You'll get a link to to those to that recipe. Um, also, you can like Gina said, we'll have um, links to uh, how to get Laura's books, the two that are available on the shelf right now. Um, and you can get to the real history, which will set you up for your third book. See, again, you're playing the long game, Laura. I, I see a pattern here. You got the long game. You get us <laughs> interested in history, and then you hit us with some fiction. I get it. I get it. That's right. That's All right, right, Gina, I think it's you. I'm always playing the there long game. There you go. Game. She's a smart girl. She's a smart cookie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you listen to any of our episodes, uh, you will know that this question is coming and if you haven't surprise <laughs> so in this day and age everybody identifies themselves as with some sort of mythical creature or animal and you might identify yourself with a parrot because you are on the so- the shoulder of your women of your um female pirate sailing the seven seas taking captives and repeating nothing to anybody but her so <laughs> if you can identify yourself as one spirited ingredient whether in food or in drink, what would that ingredient be and why? Oh my goodness, this is a surprise. Um, I, you know, I think that I'm going to, I'm going to go with pineapple juice because I think it makes everything sweet, but you could also use a pineapple as a weapon uh, <laughs> because it's sharp. It's like sharp and prickly on the outside, but sweet on the inside. Oh. So I'm going to go with Perfect. pineapple. <laughs> love it. God, I'm surrounded by weapons all day long. I love it. <laughs> See, the coconuts and the pineapple, I'm all, I can win a whole war. There you go. You don't need hands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Laura, it's been a pleasure meeting you. Yes. And I look forward to finishing the book. Likewise. Thank you. Yes. She's already. Uh, Thank you so much for she's having She's already uh, told me. Commandeer. Like, yes. Commandeer the book. She did. She's like, you're not leaving with this book Good. just so you know. <laughs> Good. That is a quick Good. read. I like it. All right. Please enjoy. Here's to pirates and the bad chicks everywhere. Cheers. 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 Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company that is dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers Bobby and Mike Carducci. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows. Your review helps our shows reach new audiences. 
find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.